Hey everybody, it's Lenora from It's a New Dawn. If you don't know already, I'm an RN holistic health coach and my passion is just bringing you good shit. <laughs> Love it. Love it. You know, just, just, just teaching you maybe a little tidbit of something that you might get from the podcast today. I'm really excited. And I have to say, of course, I'm a tiny, tiny bit nervous just because this gentleman who's going to be speaking, he has 281, more than 281,000 followers on TikTok. But, <laughs> but when I was running this morning, I'm yeah. thinking to myself, he shits just like everybody else. I do. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. But I'm like, ah, you know, it's going to be me. So in... In front of me on camera is um, Coach JV. I'm not going to call him his name, and there's a reason for that, but I, I want you to get into that. And um, I came across him with TikTok. I think I'm just going to make this a TikTok podcast because everybody I've talked to, the last 13 people are from TikTok. Um, <laughs> and I came across him because if you guys listen to my other podcast, I sat down with Dylan Sessler. He's very calm and cool, and he talks about mental health. Well, Coach JV is kind of the other way, but I love that about him, too. So I'm kind of in the middle there, and um, I reached out to him, and I'm really honored. You got back to me, and here we are. Here we are. So, <laughs> awesome. Thank you. What down. an honor. What an honor. Yeah. So it's, um, it hasn't always been that way. So just, you know, like the 281 just happened just, it, um, and I, and I'll, I'll walk through the story of how I got to where I'm at today. It's a pretty deep story. Um, and how the 281 happened is just by timing and, and patience and persistence. Right. And so I love what you're doing. First of all, I think it's very noble what you're doing. I think it's great. We need more people like you that are speaking truth and helping people. And, um, I think that's beautiful thing is the society we're going into is we need more people telling their story and helping uh, because I believe we're connected as humans and that's how we grow. But I'm Coach JV, so I'm the CEO of a company called 3T Fitness and it's a, a 3T Private Warrior Academy. You, it's hard to find anything about it. It's a private warrior academy where people kind of have to find their way into it and there's a reason behind that. We have, I have a supplement company called 3T Warrior Labs and uh, I'm a podcast host and I own a podcast network. Um, so anybody who wants to, we have a podcast network of like 40 podcasts and we help people in podcasts. And so, um, so it wasn't always that way though. So I was picked on as a kid. I was a chubby kid growing up. Typical story of a, of a kid picked on, you know, a lot of um, trauma and some stuff happened to me as a child that shouldn't happen to a child. Uh, not a boohoo story, but just some things that really affected my subconscious mind programming that I knew nothing about, obviously, when I was a kid and when I went into adulthood. Um, and so uh, I carried a lot of trauma into my adult life. Now, I was a funny kid, very charismatic, wasn't the guy that would get the girls, things like that, just kind of a... Um, just carried a lot of uh, uh, anxiety inside in regards to self-worth, right? And so I go into the military. I couldn't really find myself. I ended up going to the military. got in some trouble in high school. Went in the military. And the military, I found a sport. Uh, and I found lifting in high school. And, uh, but I found the sport of bodybuilding. And I found my identity in this, this, I remember, so I'll never forget it. So that I went through my first bodybuilding show. I met this guy in Washington and it was Timber Gym Fitness. I was in Olympia, Washington. I want to give him a shout. His name was Larry. And um, I walk in there. I'm like, I want to become a bodybuilder. It's this 
old school, like typical guy eating out of a Tupperware, eating tuna. He's like, let's go, son. And like, just like you would see like a Rocky movie, right? I lose 80 pounds. I get abs for the first time and I get on stage and I get chills when I talk about it because I'll never forget the feeling of being on stage in front of those people that were looking at me. I was like, oh, I got attention. But the thing is, I got my ass kicked in the bodybuilding show. I didn't, I shouldn't even have been on stage, but they were looking at me and I'm like, immediate addiction to it immediate addiction to it and so i got off stage i was like larry wins my next show and then the whole slippery slope started so it became moving from completely internal to physicality what could i look like how good can i look and at first it was healthy because i was really healthy i looked great i was doing okay in shows i still had that natural physique things like that well I went down the realm of steroids. I, so that was the people say it's not a gateway drug. I, that's complete bullshit. It is a gateway mm. drug, absolute gateway drug. And here's why, because anything is a gateway to a new environment or a new realm or a new paradigm, right? So any decision you make timeline decision puts you into a new paradigm. That is a called a gateway. People say, Oh, do I have a gateway to cocaine or actually whatever? Yes, it is. Because mm. when you make that decision, you are now going to surround yourself with different people. And when you surround yourself with different people, it's a different paradigm and there's different decisions being made by those people in that timeline. So that one decision I made to shove a needle into my leg and take steroids for the first time opened up a whole new paradigm for me. Now, at mm -hmm. first it was great. I was taking steroids. I, my body looked like it never looked before. I'm getting attention. And so I get out of the military. I come back to Arizona and I go face first at full bore into bodybuilding, right? It was very positive at first. I was training people, kind of trying to find myself. And I thought I was gonna be a pro bodybuilder when I didn't have the genetics to do it, but I was in the environment and I was having a great time. And so I thought I was having a great time, but what I realized as my physical body got leaner and, and bigger and, and better looking, whatever you want to call it in the physical world, the little boy got stronger and stronger and more depressed and more depressed and i could not figure out why so let's take more steroids let's take growth hormone let's get bigger let's get leaner let's get the h2 hummer let's get all the physicality things i started getting all these things well there was a timeline decision and you're gonna hear me talk about timeline decisions because there's every moment we're making a decision to move our lives right and so i made a timeline decision based on an injury i had to take an opiate and so I, I was a clean cut kid. I wasn't really into drugs or anything like that. I was taking steroids, but uh, you know, not street drugs or anything. So I took an opiate and I took it for an injury because I was getting ready for a bodybuilding show because the bodybuilding show was the most important thing in my life. I had to win. Right, right. So right. I take, Just take so you know, I, I had a little bit of brush with fitness uh, okay. competition. I have five kids and I wanted to prove after my fifth that I yeah. could do this. You know, I can get into the show. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I signed up. It was in Duluth, Georgia. I'm in New Jersey. Uh -huh. And uh, I ended up not doing it because of the diet. Mm. Like, you know, that's not fun. And I know mm. you talked about it on your podcast. Though. Yeah. It's crappy. It's not. A, it's you're always like pissed off. And yeah, <laughs> it's not. So, yeah, it's, so you're, you're living for the physicality, but your internal reality is a destruction. So um, and so this so I take this opiate and I remember driving down the freeway. I write I have a book called Roids to Riches. Take out the S, Roids to Riches. I tell the whole story, literally the whole story. So I'll spare you the whole story. But I was driving down the freeway and I passed Stapley Drive and all of a sudden I get this euphoric, confident feeling. And I'm like, whoa, this feels really good. I've never felt this before. So I go to Walmart, the grocery store, and I'm like talking to people and I feel confident. And I'm like, that felt really freaking good, man. And so the next day I took it again for my injury and I noticed that feeling came back and I'm like, okay, that feels really calm. I'm talking to people at the gym. I'm being confident. I'm like, this is great. So I start taking one pill a day and then two pills a day and mm. then three pills a day and then four pills a day and then five mm. and 
20 pills a day. And the next thing you know, within three years, I'm a full-blown drug addict. Um, and so I, and I'll, I'll share this part of the story because it's important why JB, or John Vasquez died. What, so how old were you then? How old were you? Oh gosh, that, that journey was, um, so the main, the worst part of the journey was 27 to 30, about 31 years old. Okay, so you're 44 now, 44 now. 40, yep, okay. so it's about, yeah. So, um, so where the catalyst started and how I became this guy, um, Coach JB or JB, you know, I've been three different people and I'll explain how the paradigms work in mm -hmm. the subconscious mind. And so um, on December 18, 2006, I attempted suicide based on what my mind was telling me to do because I was such a loser and I wasn't worth it and I wasn't this and I wasn't that. So I attempted suicide on December 18, 2006. Um, mm -hmm. And ironically, I woke up to a phone call from my best friend who's my mom. And so we, our relationship was kind of breaking up. You can imagine a full-blown drug addict. I was stealing from people. I was taking money. I was just completely out of character, right? And so um, I had broken relationships. Unbeknownst to me, my business has completely fallen. I mean, I was just so obsessed with the drugs. And so I had a three-year-old daughter. I was about to get her taken from me. Um, I was homeless. And I say this purposely. I was purposely homeless because I caution saying that. I want that to be my narrative and my story. I had places to go, like my parents and stuff. I purposely, because of ego. So I don't want to mix up some story that I was homeless and boo-hoo me. It was a right, choice. Right. Okay, so I want to make sure I say that every time because I don't want people to make that my narrative. Um, but I attempted suicide, and 48 hours later, I, I, I thought I was dead, and I wake up in this fog, and my phone, remember the Razor flip phones, it had a little screen on the front that said, Mom. And so I flipped it open, and my mom is a very classy, classy lady, and she, she cussed. She goes, I don't know what the fuck is going on with you. She goes, but you need to read a book called The Secret. Your grandma said to read a book called The Secret. So... I was like, that's all I, it was weird. And I don't even know if this really happened to be honest with you. Like it's, I don't know if I made it up in my head, but mm -hmm. that's what happened. I was like, and so I just, I always ask myself that because of subconscious. I'm like, so our- Well, you know, you know, there's no coincidences yeah. either. So I get, so. so I get in the H2 Hummer, I freaking big H2 Hummer ego, right? And so I take off and I go to the bookstore and I, this lady's probably like, what is wrong? I'm like, I need the book called The Secret. I need the book called The Secret. I'm still high out of my mind. I took a massive amount of opiates to kill myself. And so she gives me this book and it had a CD. And I placed a CD into the, I don't remember that was CD I had and I put it in there. I and had it, started, it too. Yeah, and so I'm sitting there and I'm oh. at- as it's playing, I'm looking around and I'm like, there's pictures. So I had a bodybuilding company. I trained bodybuilders and I had, so I was in muscle mag, you know, it's a couple, you know, and it's a couple of different magazines and I had pictures of bodybuilders. Thank you. We're all down the same paradigm, same slippery slope. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I actually asked for this and I got it. And how I got it was a singular focus to become popular. So if I did it that way, I can do it the other way. And it just clicked. And I was like, awakening whatever you want to call it and so from that minute on i started my journey my i am affirmation journey i was like i am great i'm healthy now there's a long road uh you know from that and so i had discovered and mind you at that point in my life i uh, you know i didn't have christianity anything like that in my life no type of religion or christianity or any type of spiritual connection um and i started studying buddhism and so buddhism it was like the step process to be who i am i started studying buddhism and i fell in love with it uh, but i really struggled with the silent meditation and so it kind of turned me off and i had this buddhist monk that was helping me and uh some of the lessons he taught me is i it just clicked two years ago after like 13 years of what he taught me i'm like oh my god i get it i get it because i teach this stuff now and so uh um, great. That's so, great so i go through this journey i become I become a, uh, I got a job from a mentor and then I became a, uh, I made executive quicker than anybody ever made it before. Went to executive banking school, you know, I was in the banking and I go to executive banking school and then here I am again, 
now addicted to something completely different. Now I have the house, the car, the 535i BMW, no purpose, like literally no purpose. And so now I'm back, the insecure little boy is coming right back. And I was sitting in executive banking school. We'd fly, I'm in Arizona, we'd fly to South Carolina, Furman University. And so we weren't in Furman University. We took over their campus uh, during the summer, the executives. And I, it was a liberal arts college. So it was a religious studies college. And I'd go sit in this Buddhist temple I'm going to go up this mountain to this Buddhist temple and I'd sit there and I got this feeling that I have to leave. I mean, now you got to imagine, I went from drug addict to completely repairing my life to making all this money. Now I'm an executive, the big success story, right? That could have been the end of my journey. I could have just stayed there. And I'm like, this doesn't feel right. This does not feel right to me. And there was some stuff that in my paradigm and what I believe in banking that didn't feel right to me. And um, from that minute on, I made a conscious decision to walk. And so it took a while though. So I graduated executive banking school and then I walked from a company uh, August 2017 and I started this journey. And um, here we are. So uh, I, I've, I've made a commitment to myself to become a warrior in a modern day society. Now warriors, kind, caring, loving, compassionate, most of all calm, but any point can activate to protect their family, what they believe in. The warrior is not a man nor a woman, it's a spirit. And that's what we embody here at our Warrior Academy. And so I went on the journey to become a warrior um, and it's been a crazy journey. And so I ended up in Peru last year and that's where I, I feel in my heart and my belief system, I was deemed a warrior. And then it, here we are now. And so um, and the reason why I brought up the 280,000 is because um, somebody, I had a really cool message yesterday that will resonate perfect with your podcast um, is that, and I, I really am proud of you for just going for it because it's like, <laughs> I had this young man that reached out to me and wants me on his podcast. And I said, okay, yeah, great. He said, oh, I'm so frustrated. You know, I've been doing this six months and, you know, it's just not working out. I said, okay, well, share with me what you've done in six months. And he said, well, I've done a podcast every month. I'm like, that's awesome. Good job. And he said, well, you know, I'm starting to write a book. Awesome. Good job. I said, how many posts have you done? He's like, well, I've done about, you know, probably about 300 total. I'm like, okay, awesome. And I said, what else? He said, well, I'm st that's a lot, man. I said, okay, so I want to put it in perspective for you. I said, things for me just started to take off just started to take off, right? April, I had 52 people on TikTok, 52. What? Wait, wait, you? <laughs> 52, I had 52 followers on TikTok in April. In April? <laughs> in April. Oh my God, because I in started April. in March. In April. Uh, and I have, yeah. I have a little over 7,000, but I'm not looking to, you know, but, but just here's little the old thing. me. Here's the thing though. So it's like, there's a law to numbers. There's a law to math. There's a law to mastery. There's a law to it. And once we keep just plugging away at it and plugging away at it, it's mathematics. It's, it opens up the floodgates and all of a sudden something just clicked. Gary is funny. You brought up Gary Bay. So Gary, my daughter, this is how it happened. I had a TikTok account. I wasn't really posting that much. And my daughter goes, dad, Gary Bay says you got to get on social or on TikTok. That's how it started. And so told I get on. Told me too. And Gary started, B told me too in my ears every morning. <laughs> so, so I just started hammering TikTok and my story. It just was timing. It just worked well. And um, so here we are now. And so um, I, yeah, I live a warrior lifestyle. I live a very unorthodox lifestyle. I'm a single, you know, single man. I've been in monk mode. I got uh, separated about July last year and I made a commitment to my life to, I have two kids, a uh, four-year-old son and a beautiful 16-year-old daughter. And uh, I made a commitment to them because of the way that I grew up and um, to heal myself first before I ever get into another relationship. So I've been on this crazy journey for the last year of just becoming a warrior in a modern day society and teaching other people. That's my story. <laughs> That's so awesome though. And, and, but I do want to get into, you know, you have a podcast and it's, I like it. I like the format because it's short and sweet. Like you have a, probably the longest one I've listened to is 15 minutes. Yep. How long are they? Yeah. So yeah, I've listened on Spotify. You have a lot of them. Like, 
800. Yeah. So I picked a few awesome. that I liked that I would love for you to expand on a little bit. Yes. Yes. No. Okay. So you do not, you don't want to associate with your name. Correct. Why? Uh, you know, that's, it's, it's a, it would seem like a dishonor thing, right? But it's, um, it's because of sub the understanding of subconscious mind programming, uh, identifying with your old self. Now, my belief system is the, you know, subconscious mind, not my belief system, science. When you're in the womb, you know, your subconscious mind starts to develop. Um, and then up until eight years old, your subconscious mind programming, then you get your conscious mind. Well, John Voskis was, things happened to him as a kid. John Voskis was picked on as a kid. John Voskis was a drug addict. John Voskis attempted suicide. John Voskis was a loser. And so that name, and it's not my last name, it's the name John. It's like identified with this physicality thing. So John was given to the physical body, right? And so when I started to change the narrative, I was like, I need to get rid of this guy because what I've been, what I was taught in recovery and things like that, or, or through types, I went through my own recovery, but, but I read recovery books and like, you know, carry around a, 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 a rock or something that reminds you you're a drug addict. I'm like, no, 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 no. I do not want to identify with, I'm not a drug addict. I am not a drug addict. So I literally killed the guy off in my brain. He died, and I talk about him as a story now. He's a story. He's in a book. He actually wrote a book about him, and he's a story. And so I became JV, a different character. Well, JV became an executive, right? And JV now was scared, so then now coach JV. And so the reason why I don't – it's not that I don't identify with John Voskis. It's that, that I had to kill him off in my mind so that I could build the new paradigm and the new reality because that old reality was holding me back. Because the old reality was attached to the trauma as a kid. The old reality was attached to the little boy inside. So in order to heal the little boy, I had to release him. Um, now, does it doesn't mean you have to disband your name. No, it's just about the, the, the metaphysical part of releasing him. And so that's why I go by Coach JV, and that's why I prefer to be called JV. Um, not for disrespect to my family or my name. I love my family and the name Vasquez. And it's not that I don't identify with that. It's just it's more for my healing um, and my purpose. And yeah, and I knew that, and I love that though. I wanted to touch upon that because I thought that was really good that you could, you know, I don't really think about that. You associate with your name. That's really, you know, you stuck. A lot of people, yeah. Well, if you think about it too, like a football team, you put your name on the back of your jersey. Your name, you're really not your name. You're I am me. You are, you are, if you want to go biblical, whatever you want to do, but you actually are I am me. Your parents, the physical, they give you a name. And what happens is that name almost becomes an identity. It's like, but you're really not your name. You're I am me. You're, you're, you're you. You're your different fingerprint. You're a different DNA. And then we get this name. And like, what if your family, like my family's all cops and firefighters. Noble, it's great. I didn't want to be a cop and firefighter. Vasquez men are cops and firefighters. That's what they do. It's noble. I don't want to be a firefighter. I appreciate what they do. I'm so grateful for what they do. Uh, I don't want to be a cop. I didn't want to get shot at all the time. So Vasquez, that's what Vasquez do though. And I'm like, it's not what JV does. And so I stopped identifying with what the world was trying to tag me as because I'm, I don't live for a world. I live for God. And so God gave me the great I am. He told Moses, you're not Moses. I am, I, I am that I am. Yep. Uh, and I love that because anybody who has a kid, don't ever label She's mm -hmm. the ballerina. She's the cook. Oh, She's the you. athlete. Yep. I've always been the athlete. It put a lot, <laughs> a lot of stress on me. I was bulimic. I was this. I was that. I was because that label was my label. Yeah. And I had to be a certain weight. I had to look a certain way. Please, sure. people, don't do that.
That's why I'm nodding, nodding when you're talking because yeah. ugh, I hate that. Oh, she's the smart one. She's the best. Yeah. It's a lot, right? Um, also, okay. You talk about reverse engineering. Mm. Yes. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. So I reverse, I don't know if my brain has always worked different or what, but I always look at things backwards. So the way I do my investments, I reverse engineer everything. So I look at the way people live and I reverse. And so for example, if somebody's sitting on the couch eating McDonald's, brain works like this. Okay. How did that McDonald's get into their hands? Like who was the one that thought of McDonald's? Who's the one that thought of putting it in a car and delivering it to you where you don't have to get off your couch. And so that's, so for example, I reverse engineer everything. If there's a problem, so let me, but let me take that scenario. So let me walk you through it. So you're sitting there. So if I do an investment, like I'm, I'm I love, and if you listen, to, I'm big on economics. I love, I've been studying at a very deep, deep level as a banker, executive banker. And um, so I, I don't follow what the narrative is. I actually do the opposite and I reverse engineer why they're doing that. And I try to get ahead of it. And so like, for example, the McDonald's, like that got into somebody's, somebody. So instead of investing in, that, like, for example, like you want to invest in well, how did it get in their hands, right? So food service businesses, that's the place to be right now. And so that's how you make your investments. You don't do it off emotion, right? You do it off of what actually got in that person. So I reverse engineer everything. So when something comes into my life, um, a, a problem, I'm like, okay, where did that problem come from? Not the problem, because that's just a symptom of it. And so it, it's a lot of Eastern, the way the Eastern, like Buddhists, they go to the problem versus the symptom. The symptom is what Western does problem is reverse engineering and saying okay you have you have a, a headaches all the time they don't go here's some Tylenol they say well it's probably your gut let's go into your gut let's take a look at your gut let's start to work on that and they reverse engineer everything right and so I think maybe Buddhism did that to me I don't know but I just um so that's how I do all my investments that's how I do all my decision making sorry about that that's how oh, my back oh I had a call sorry about that um that's how I do all my back good so that's how I, that's how I do all my decisions oh. Not now. Okay. Oh, We're yeah, back. So That's go. all right. That's all right. Um, yeah. So I reverse engineer everything. Yeah. So that, that I thought sense. that was, I thought that was very fascinating. And uh, I love, I love the analogy and how, how you think. I just love it. I love it. Um, you. <laughs> you're welcome. I just, that's why I'm nodding, 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 nodding. <laughs> you, don't, you guys don't see me because I haven't figured out how to do a split screen yet. <laughs> <laughs> It's going from you to me, but I'm nodding. Everything he's saying, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so cool. Um, also, I'm I'm a faster. Okay. But I love what you say about fasting, um, and and the reason, the main reason you do it, because that's the main reason I do it. But I want you to talk about that. Yes, absolutely. So I, I started for weight loss at first, to be honest with you. But what I found very quickly is that the brain clarity that I got. So I was an executive, right? And so they, they started calling me the Zen executive. And they're like, how do you have so much energy all the time? I'm like, it's weird. I'm not eating. And they're like, what do you mean you're not? And it's so unorthodox, right? So like, as a body. I'm, I'm nodding. I'm, I'm nodding, you guys. I'm nodding, yeah, nodding, yeah. nodding. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, for 10 years, or 10 years, oh my gosh, for 24 bodybuilding shows for 12 years, I would eat 10 meals a day, get up in the middle, middle of the night, and I would get lean for a bodybuilding show and then get fat again. And I'm like, why? I'm still eating somewhat clean. I'd have a Snickers bar and that, that shouldn't make me fat, but it was making. And so I got into it to, because of, um, I think it was, Joe, I can't remember how I got into it. Um, DH Keeper, his name was DH Keeper. And so I started 
following it, I start doing carb backloading. I started putting my carbs at the back end of the day, which is totally counterintuitive. And then I started to fast. And then I was like, huh, interesting. What I noticed was I was super productive from when I woke up till about one o'clock. And then I'd break my fast and then boom, I'd get super tired. I'm like, whoa, there's something to this. And then I started to really play with it, right? So I started waking up earlier. So I'd wake up early and I do, so for example, my way I live my life now is I wake up at 2.50. And I do my most productive work from 4 a.m. to about 8 o'clock in the morning. And I Wait a second. You said you get up at 2.50? 2.50 every single morning. So I, I just, it's just the only time I have, really. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's not a, and I, I don't, uh, I, 4 a.m. is a good time, but I wake up at 2.50. It's just something in my brain. It's the way I operate. Um, and but I got so, up early. I get up at 5.15. But. And that's early. That's really early. So I did, you know, it's yeah. funny. I did, a, I did a post on TikTok waking up at 4 a.m. And it, it exploded. And I'm like, people are like, yeah, I'm not waking up at 4 a.m. You're crazy. The reason it exploded because all the hate comments. And I'm like, so I embraced them and I let it flow. And, and it's, um, there is something spiritual that happens early in the morning. It is a yeah. fact. Successful people wake up. You cannot dispute that. Successful people wake up early. It is, you're not, so, and for example, you're not supposed to be awake in between 10 p.m. and 2 o'clock. That's when your circadian rhythm and all that stuff. And, um, and so, I, what was my whole fasting? So I started to see the brain clarity. That's when I wrote my books and that's when I built my programs. And I'm like, but in, in, when I'd start to eat again, I'm like, why is it making me so sluggish? And so I started to really study what the food is doing in my body. And so I started to get really strategic with it. So I think we have similar views. As I keep my, if I do eat during the day, which is very rarely, um, I all, I eat everything right before bed. I eat a massive 3000 calorie meal before bed and people would be like, what are you talking? And I'm leaner than I've ever been at 44 years old. It does not. I know. Conceptually I agree. I'm, I'm like, I, I'm almost 56. So I, oh. before bed, like I'm, I'll be in there. The only TV, I don't watch TV, but at night, my husband and I will watch something on Netflix or something. And yeah. I'll have the biggest bunch of food, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm talking like nine o'clock, you know? Yeah. And then if I don't, I do not, the glycogen, like you were saying, I mm-hmm. use it all up. Cause I will run yep. every morning. I'm not saying this is me people. Yep. I'm not, you know, I'm not promoting anything. It's a disclaimer, but it works for me. So when I wake yep. up in the morning, I'm like, I'm ready to go. I'm like, after I work five fifteen, I do my work for clients. And then all I have is black organic coffee and yep. uh, my lemon water, some Soleil in the morning. Do you know Soleil? The yeah, salt? yeah. 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 Yep. I have that. And then uh, I run four and a half miles. I come back. And if it's on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I do whole body, but beast, beast workout. Still don't eat. I'm fine. I lift weights. I don't eat until, I don't know, maybe, maybe one thirty, two o'clock. But it's so funny how people, when you're used to this, it's true. The whole clarity I, I do, I'm like, boom, 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 right? Yeah. Um, people ask oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I haven't eaten in five hours or six hours. When you've been fa- fasting a long time, like I just automatically fast. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, you're not going to die. You're not going to mm-hmm. die without food. Yeah, that's you're the narrative. Rest. Yeah, that's the narrative we've been sold, right? I mean, we've been sold that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Well, why is it the most important meal of the day? I ask that people all the time when I do speeches. I'm like, why is breakfast the most important? Mom said it's, it gives you energy. Well, yeah, if if you don't have a bunch of fuel in your system, if you don't have if you have a bunch of fuel, it's it's storage. Your body's very efficient. It's like, hey, listen, Coach JV just put a whole nother 
big thing of oatmeal into me. And like, and when if people saw what I, and here's the thing too, most of us snack or eat poorly at night because of, you know, our serotonin is dropping, we're tired, we're stress eating, you know, we both of us are running businesses. And it's like, so I like to stress eat at night. I actually enjoy it. I embrace it. So now I can stress eat. And if I do eat a couple cookies, I'm good. I'm totally mm-hmm. fine. I'm super lean. And it, it, it just, it brings back the joy in food. Um, it also, also helps me develop massive amounts of self-control. And the, the fact that, you know, so I wake up at 2.50, I work from four. I, I, I run three companies. So, and it's not, I don't recommend this. It's not a, I love life. I love my life. I love what I do. But I go from 4 a.m. to like tonight I have, fuck. And, and, but the only way I could do it is fasting mm-hmm. because I feel like right now I have so much energy. It's 12 o'clock. I train legs this morning. And people, bodybuilders would be like, after your workout, you're going to go catabolic. I'm like, so I love having this conversation because it's like, no, scientifically, catabolic, or uh, it's just increasing molecules, decreasing molecules. You're not, all of a sudden, my muscle isn't going to eat itself in, in six hours. <laughs> it's not yes, going to count. Yes. I'm not gonna- or, or you'll work out and you've got to eat right after that because your muscles are going to go away. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I was thinking that, that was today. I'm laughing. I'm like, yeah. they're not going to go away. It's, it's, you know, you know, they're like, you're going to go catabolic. And I'm like, that's just increasing molecules, molecules, the science, like you're, you're not going to eat your muscle in six hours if you don't eat. And I realized my muscles. So I'm kind of flat right now when I eat, they fill out and I look so good after I eat because it's going to the right place. It's actually shuttling into my muscle belly, shuttling, you know, it's glycogen. I can actually feel it. I can actually see my veins come out. Um, I, you know, I, wish I looked better during the day, but it's like when I eat, I can see the change in my body. And I love to see that I can actually affect that change through the food that I eat. Yes. So, yes, food is everything. Food is energy. And that's the way I like to look at it. Like I'm always like, what am I putting in my mouth? That's going to do good for me. Um, you know, my brain. Um, I know you're really busy, but what I always ask. Oh, okay. Um, I love your ordinary people can do extraordinary things. I love that. Um, be a hundred percent. I don't know if it's a hundred percent or a thousand percent honest all the time. Is oh, it a hundred? I mean, you can't be thousand, but oh, yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. you said I'll, a thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. I'm, I'm extreme at everything too. Um, but uh, yeah, so let's talk about you know ordinary people can do extraordinary things. I believe that every single human on a different fingerprint. We all know that different fingerprint, different DNA. But what happens is this world. So we we're either operating in the left hemisphere of our brain or right. So we'll say. Let me start by saying this. So we say that we only use 10% of our brain. That's bullshit. We have access to 100% of our brain. What we operate is in the left hemisphere or the right hemisphere, right? The right hemisphere is a connection to your higher self, intuition, people call it God, whatever you believe in, doesn't matter what you believe in. Everybody, if you're an atheist, has access to the right right hemisphere of your brain, right? The world, as soon as we come out of the womb, starts pushing us into the left hemisphere of the brain, right? That's media, that's narrative, that's all the stuff, right? And so that's what we're seeing in, in our world, it's the left hemisphere of the brain. Light, coming to light is the right hemisphere of your brain. That's meditation, breathing, center, all that stuff. So I believe that yeah, the people, ordinary people can become extraordinary things when they find the right hemisphere of their brain. And you do that through fasting, breathing, meditation. And those are the things I teach in my program. Like you got, you have to connect with nature. You have to get your feet in the grass. If your feet feel uncomfortable walking barefoot, that means you're not grounded. It's true. That means you're not, to me, it means grounded because I used to hate to be barefoot. I'm barefoot all the time now because I feel so grounded. You'll find me and my coaches sitting outside in front of our business in a retail area, feet in the dirt. 
and people are like, they're used to it now, but what the world has done, it, what's happening in the world, it's a choice, we get it or not, is pulling us into the left hemisphere of the brain. So that's the first thing. I, ordinary person, ordinary. Sorry that I went into. Oh, and then um, authenticity is I expose myself all the time on social media. So much so, for example, right now I live with my parents. What do you mean you live with your parents? You're a CEO, you run three companies. I went through a divorce. I went through a big divorce. I went through a divorce. COVID hits. I'm like, the best situation for me now, I, you know, I let her have the house. It was a responsible we got a child together. She has a very open, very really great thing. Uh, yeah, just great an FYI, just an FYI, people. You're freezing up a little bit. So okay. uh, uh, you two people are going to see this. Uh, podcast, pe podcast people are going to hear it. It's going in and out. I just wanted you to be aware of that. Um, you're cool. probably very close to your parents, even closer now with COVID oh, and living with them. Yeah, it's been the greatest thing ever. And I'm Gary Bay. I, I lost my e regards that it's the best situation right now i live with my parents my mom right now is taking care of my son it's a beautiful situation hours a day i'm not dating so why would i get into another house it doesn't make my families together now my house soon but it's like i'm very transparent about that because somebody i talk a lot about i can yes i'm on my way to generational wealth so they, you live with yours because it's the right thing to do and i want to be open honest with people because when we open up the caution to true authenticity people that we're all going through stuff that we're all game if we can get to that stop the bullshit stop that that's why i talk to me on my social media because and I, I didn't know it would resonate with people this is who i am crazy times sometimes i break down sometimes i have complete meltdowns and most of the time i'm in the right hemisphere of my brain but what what we need more of is authenticity. we just need it this world needs i'll tell you you're frozen yeah. hold on just Hold on. Okay. Say it again. The world needs. Yeah. The world's often. And I mark my word on this podcast a year from now, come back to this. The lack of authenticity is going to expose 100%. We are moving into the right hemisphere. There's an awake happening. The people, whether you believe it or not, there's a massive awakening. People don't know what's happening. So there's a study that they don't want to be controlling more. And so what's going to happen is the non-authentic people are really going to expose the authentic people are going to be the people who are going to be the business in the future it's, it's i believe beautiful. that because I now you're opening that. up gateways for people who normally wouldn't speak up because it's it, it, we've been talking you don't speak about your problems you don't speak about this why, why can't you why can't you talk about people's lives I, in a very i agree <clears throat> with you 100 um coach jv there's yep. this, uh, don't get upset when this comes out because I don't know how to edit out this stuff, but there's a lot of lagging. Um, I hope everybody got what he said about authenticity. Um, it's important. It's coming back. That's what you're saying. Yep. We're going towards the right hemisphere of the brain, which is the more authentic self, right? Yeah, it's, it's connection wow. to your higher self. So, yeah, so, so people say, you know, that I'll go back to that, the 10% of the brain. We, 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 that's the left, that's where most of us operate, right? Once we come out of the womb, we started pushing the left hemisphere. That's with media. People who operate Buddhists, you know, Buddhist monks, they operate in the right hemisphere of their brain. A lot of people are very spiritually connected. I always take religion out of it because whatever your belief system is your paradigm, right? And so um, I love God. And so I love meditation. I love breathing. And since I've done Wim Hof breathing, fasting, 
um, prayer, meditation. I operate in the right hemisphere of my brain. And what that feels like, heaven on earth. I feel happy all mm -hmm. the time. And everybody I has that. Everybody has access to it. There's nobody that's exempt from it. So when people tell me, oh, I don't, you don't understand my life. No, you're making a choice. If you're an adult, you're not making a choice to be in that paradigm. And you can make a choice mm -hmm. within a second to live in a different paradigm. I love it. Um, I don't want to risk having any more in and outs because I loved our talk. Um, yeah. What I do end with, I ask that person, you, if there's anything you want to share, words of wisdom, wise words that we can part with, because that's what I put on the TikTok, those, that last, this, this part of our talk. So yes, take I wanna, it away. I look, yeah, I want to let everybody know that it's going to be okay. I promise you it's going to be okay. Here's why it's going to be okay. Because you're going to accept from this moment on that it's going to be okay. And when you accept that it's going to be okay, that is a thought. And that thought is going to change your subconscious mind. And if you say it's going to be okay enough, it's going to change the vibrational field within, within you. And when you change the vibrational field within you, you change the vibrational field around you. And all you have to do is understand that it's going to be okay. No matter your circumstances, everything is happening for you, not to you. Yes. I love that. And it came out. <laughs> hang out, awesome. hang out for a second. Okay. Sounds good. So thank you so much. Anyway. Okay. So everybody, well, where can then people find you? Uh, besides mm. TikTok. I mean, uh, underneath yeah. your TikTok, do you have like a link tree or something I can paste onto? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I will put everything in the show notes for you. Cool. For me, my everything's going to be in the notes, you guys, and plug your ears if you've heard this every other time I've done it. You can reach me on my Google number. I leave it because if you have any questions, you want to get in touch with me, you want to be on the podcast, my number is 609-429-4058. I talk about the Roar Bars. The only thing I talk about, I am not sponsored by them. I am an affiliate and an ambassador, and it's the only packaged good I eat. So it's the Roar Bar. It's a nutrition bar. Uh, it is owned by a young couple, Jake and Rachel, in Minnesota. 10% of all their net proceeds go to feed the hungry children worldwide, which I love that wow. about them. Uh, it is vegan, but any diet, you can eat it. It is um, uh, protein-packed. It's got 19 to 21 grams of protein a bar. Organic ingredients, 11 to 13 net carbs, no artificial sweeteners, uh, put together by coconut oil, which is great for the brain. Uh, coconut nectar, blackstrap molasses, a little bit of Himalaya salt. If you are going to buy, please use the link below. Uh, that's my affiliate link, and it, it helps me. It helps them. And that's about it. So on that note, thank you so, so very much for coming and being on my podcast, I appreciate it. Coach JV and everybody awesome. else, have a wonderful and blessed day. Thank, Thank you. you. It's an honor. Thank you. Thank you.